1: Joe, Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280, The Zone. Thank you very much for making us a part of your day. We're going to talk to our guy, David James, coming up here momentarily, so stay tuned. uh Coming up, uh, let's see here, coming up at 3 30, we're going to let you hear from Kalani Satake, his uh, comments at his press conference yesterday. Uh, Then at at, uh, 4 o'clock, it's uh, time for another edition of Wake's Takes. Mason Wake, BYU fullback slash tight end will be on the show at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Coach Witt at 4.30, Bowler at the top of the 5 o'clock hour, and Cole Fotheringham. At But right now, let's get out to the Smart Rain special guest line. Utah will be in a drought next summer. Smart Rain knows that 2022 budget planning for most businesses is coming soon. Take advantage of their Save Now, Pay Later promotion, and do your part by saving water while saving money. Check Best of State Award winner Smart Rain at SmartRain.net. Of course, he is the co-host of DJ and PK alongside Patrick Kinahan. You can also see him on Channel 2 News and not to mention Talking Sports. He's our good buddy, David James. What's up, DJ? How are you? I'm good. Can you I hear give, me? Yeah, I give you this big, great sounding intro, and then Lloyd doesn't turn on the phone pot. So you know, Oh, I that's... thought it was my phone. <laughs> no,
2: <laughs> I'm glad it was Lloyd. I feel better
1: now. I know. Don't don't we all? How are you, DJ? Things good? Good, good. Uh, I I just want you to know that your jazz recap segment in the six o'clock hour is already sounding amazing. I I don't know I who know. it is who you have do that that segment, but it it's really good. That guy's rock solid. <laughs> Guy is is rock solid.
2: Okay, a lot. He's rock solid because a long time ago he produced DJ and PK. And it's we, true. We set him on the right path to be a great radio host. Isn't that <laughs> correct? Isn't
1: that the, the 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 truth, DJ? I was actually talking about this with PK the other day. I loved my uh, my couple of years uh, producing DJ and PK. We had a lot of great times. I hated the time slot, but mm-hmm. I love I loved doing that show. I loved doing your show. We had a lot of fun.
2: You wouldn't hate the time slot as much now. Now you're yeah. you're a dad, you're married, you're a family guy and I'm up anyway. You're young and single and straight out of college and you're like, "Wow, this is early in the morning."
1: Yeah. I wow. Mean- I could I could do the jazz recap segment live now if if needs yeah. be.
2: <laughs> you could have done it live then, but you would have just done it as you were coming in, not oh. as you
1: were going out. Oh man, was that a lifestyle adjustment? But you know what? It was yeah. worth it. I got to I got to work on a great show. I got to establish a connection with a couple of great hosts in the biz, and I learned a lot. So I, I always look back on on that time very fondly. Uh, other than the alarm clock beeping, yeah, other, <laughs> other than that, uh, what do you think last night, uh, DJ? I don't know if we needed. a a reminder, but that Rudy Gobert is still awesome.
2: Uh, It was good. I mean, I think we all know, but the first two preseason preseason games weren't really preseason games. They were more summer league, based on who played and how much they played. Uh, Last night was more a preseason game. I was actually surprised that Donovan got to 30 minutes. And there were some other guys in the 23 to 26 range. But it was just good that there weren't a bunch of DNPs next to the starters' names and the the key subs who are, you know, rotation guys you know, it looked, it looked more like the Jazz. They completely overwhelmed New Orleans, and it's a preseason game, so I don't want to read into it too much. And it doesn't look like New Orleans will be the main competition when you get to the postseason. Maybe there'll be some early round competition. But um, you don't want to read into it too much, but it passed the eyeball test.
1: Well, I what I thought was positive about last night, um, and I agree with everything you just said right there, but it seemed like the, the timing and some of that stuff that you work on in the preseason was pretty good. I, I pointed earlier to a pass Donovan made on the pick and roll with Rudy where he waited just a second and put the pass right where it needed to be, and Rudy stepped through a player and finished. I thought there were like multiple really positive things that came out of that one particular play, but it seemed like the, the, the timing and those sorts of things was where it needs to be.
2: And I would put a little bit of that on, you know, the training camp and the work they've done here. But I think that's probably a bigger byproduct of the core of this team has now been together a long time. You know, Mike Conley, who's still one of the newer guys, newer-ish on the roster, is now going into his third season. You know, and Donovan and Rudy and Joe and Royce, they've all been together, it seems like, forever.
1: Well, because they have in NBA terms, right? right? You know, they, yeah. they have been. I mean, Joe Ingles has been coming on uh, the DJ and PK show for how many seasons now?
2: I don't even want to think about
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I I'm do because it's great more. radio. Yeah, absolutely.
2: Oh, it is great. Joe, because Joe chooses to be engaged. Yeah. You know, he chooses to be engaged. He doesn't have to, but that's what he wants to do. That's what he likes. So we are, we are winners because of that. We, <laughs> we, we cash in big time because he wants to be engaged. I was thinking about that watching, uh, watching Holly Rowe. Um, she was kind of on her way up and out as I got here and got established. But I just think for, for her and really for anyone who's been a sideline reporter at the national level, you know, it's different for, uh, with a local team because you get to build some rapport and relationships. Just parachuting in and doing games, and having to talk to coaches when they're losing at halftime. Oh, oh, you know, but here there's a the rapport, because people have been here a long time. Now, she's brand new. Um, but, you know, there's, that was, I think, kind of the eyeball test you could see during the game. There's just all this rapport and chemistry, because these guys are back together again. And that should, that should benefit them big time.
1: What do you think about managing minutes for health? I mean, like it, it seems like uh, so much emphasis in, in this preseason camp and all that. Everybody acknowledges that they've got to be healthy at the right time. How much of that can you actually control? And how much of that is mm. just, it's, it's so, the NBA I mean, you're you playing? Can,
2: you can play guys a lot of minutes and run them into the ground. So you've got to pick your spots. But the fact is, there's a lot of contact in the sport, and you know, there's a lot of luck involved on whether you come down on somebody's foot or not. Who was it? It was Trent Forrest. Went up, went up to challenge a shot and came down on the one of the Pelicans, I can't remember who it was, who, whichever Pelican was driving who came down on the back of his foot. Yeah. And that carries his foot out from under and he hits his head on the floor. Brutal. I mean, those things happen. That's how LeBron got hurt last year. That was just unfortunate. A guy stepped on his foot at exactly the wrong time in the wrong place and bent the ankle the wrong, ankle the wrong way. So there's a portion of it. You got no say at all. But... You can control how many minutes guys play, and you can control whether you run guys into the ground or not. But a portion of it is just going to end up being luck. How somebody lands, if they land on somebody, can't control that.
1: So, DJ, I was just talking about this in the last segment, the Kyrie Irving situation. I know the the news broke about the Nets basically having him step away from the team until he can be a full-time participant. Broke late in your show, I believe. So now you've had a few hours to to chew on it. I'm curious for your take. I mean, where where does either party go from here?
2: Uh, Kyrie goes and gets the vaccine so he can play and get paid. Seems to me like the most likely outcome. Uh, There is a possibility that he just decides – This isn't something he wants to do, and so he's willing to sit and not get paid. And I suppose if anyone would do that, and I think very few people would, most people will go get the vaccine and get paid, and then tell us that they feel like they were forced to do it and they had to do it, which I think there'd be some truth to. But if there's anyone who's going to go against the curve and kind of go against the norm, it'd be Kyrie Irving. So I think he'll get the vaccine and he'll play and he'll get paid.
1: See, I I right. agree I agree with you. I think this is this is the Nets last nudge to be like you got to do it uh, or else mm-hmm. or else they yeah. have to trade him. They really do. They can't they can't just yeah, but who's miss gonna a a trade guy?
2: for a guy. Who's going to trade for a guy who can't play? I mean, this this is the rule right now in New York for the Knicks the Nets and the Warriors. But it could be the rule in other cities. So It's a little bit of the roll of dice for anybody else.
1: Yeah, but sometimes Oh, sorry,
2: go ahead. I I was gonna say I don't know that trading him would be the worst thing. They got two stars who I think together can win a championship. And if they were to trade Kyrie and get some decent pieces back, not stars, but you know, two good quality players, they might be in a better spot.
1: I agree with that. I mean Not enough shots to go around (laughs) for all the shooters, right? I mean, I agree with that.
2: Oh, nice. I think you you did that. I think that, uh, you know, when you've got Durant and Harden, assuming they can stay healthy, but if you've got Durant and Harden, you got something. You're in the mix, big time.
1: Well, we'll see what they do. I, I, I think it's interesting. I, I think a, a team out there, DJ, that is desperate for a star or you know, a rebuilder or, or take somebody like, I mean, I'm just pulling this out of a hat, but like the the Timberwolves who are desperate for somebody to put next to Carl Anthony Towns who had, who don't have to deal with quite the stringent uh, vac- vaccination situation locally that they do in San Francisco uh-huh. or New York, right, they would would be willing to roll the dice just to get a player of that caliber into their locker room any way they can.
2: You know that's a possibility. I mean, it's it's a team that needs to get to a new level. Uh, The problem with Kyrie is you always risk drama. There's been drama everywhere he's gone. This is a guy who got unhappy. You know, with you know had negative stuff to say about LeBron. So if he can crack on LeBron, he can pretty much crack on anybody in the NBA. LeBron's ruled the NBA for the better part of a decade, decade and a half. So, but you're right. If you're a GM and you're right up against it, and you feel like I got to get to the next level, whether that's a lottery team to a playoff or a playoff team to the second round, whatever it is, you might be able to. You might be willing to roll the dice.
1: All right, the other big NBA story. I want to get your thoughts on Ben Simmons just shows up out of the blue yesterday and says, oh, "I'm here, guys. What's going on?" You know, <laughs> that's the that's
2: the Kyrie Irving story. He wanted to get paid. You know, yeah. the holdout was starting to cost him money, but it was about to be elevated and cost him even more money. It was clear that given what the Sixers want and given the size, the number of years, the amount of money left on his contract, four years and $147 million, they were trading him. They weren't going to give him away. And maybe they couldn't even give him away because just the four years, $147 million scares people. I think you're back to the Kyrie Irving theory that, you know, there might be somebody out there who says, hey, he can get us to the next level. You know, is he one of the two best players on a championship team? No, I don't think he is and I don't think most NBA GMs think he is. But you do have to pay somebody because there's a floor on the salary. Um, You know, there's not just a salary cap ceiling. There's a salary cap floor you got to get to, and you got to pay somebody. So if he's better than who you're paying now and can get you further, maybe maybe somebody will do it here at some point. But I think he's got to be back in and playing. And so it's going to be a while. And, of course – you know, it'll be down to three and a half years. It'll be down to three years. I would think that he gets moved um, in one of these next two or three trade windows. You know, he'd be down to three or two and a half years on that. I, I don't think he's there long term, but they can't move him now.
1: You uh, are, a, are a Seinfeld guy. I saw a lot of comparisons to Ben Simmons showing back up as George Costanza showing up pretending that he didn't quit. Remember that episode? in <laughs> Yeah and he says, oh, I yeah, did. yes. I, I didn't quit. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, you know, it's got to be—it's got to be really awkward. You know, he said he said he'd rather play anywhere else in the league, but Philadelphia, and now he has to go back. That—that that can't be easy. Everybody
2: wants to get paid. Yeah. Everybody is making unbelievable money. Getting to the NBA is the dream. You can't make it, you go to Europe and you still live a great life and make good money and make good memories and all that kind of stuff. But everybody wants to be in the NBA, so no matter how awkward it is, they're going to suck it up and they're going to march forward. And, you know, for the most part, do the best they can, get as far as they can, because everybody wants the next contract. And you got to impress people if you're going to get the next deal. I guess that's why there's this, uh, the line that sounds much better than the reality of you got to be a pro, which means no matter how bad it sucks and no matter how bad a teammate or the front office or a coach or, you know, whoever has messed it up, you just got to suck it up and do your best. Because if you don't, you risk being out of the league pretty fast. For most of the 450 players, whatever it is in the league, more than that with the two ways now. And it's hard, it's hard to get in those top, to be the top 450 in anything in the world. That, that's hard. So you've got to be a pro. And that's what everyone in the Philly locker room is going to have to do now. They're going to have to be pros. Is it ideal? Pretty clear it's not. It's not even close to ideal. But... That doesn't mean you can't set screens, rebound, defend, pass the ball, and hit the open shot when you get it.
1: Kind of like when you go up to the
2: bus on time, be a pro.
1: Kind of like when you bump heads with Fox and it's like, oh, i got to be a pro, got to suck it oh, up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, David James is with us, 97.5 and 12 in the zone. Switching to college football real quick here, DJ. Utah, the Utah offense, have they figured it out, or was USC so vulnerable that uh, you're not so sure?
2: I would say that in the second half, without question, USC was done. I don't know what happened in the locker room at halftime, but SC was completely uninspired after halftime, and the Utes just shredded them. There was no – you know, it was – yes. He gave up touchdowns on two, two scores right before the half, got fooled on the trick play, obviously, for one of them. And so it was time to plant their feet, battle back, get a stop, give the – Give the offense, and basically that, <laughs> that means Drake London, give him a chance, right? And They didn't do it. They just got shredded. Now, the first half, the youth did some good things. You know, the game went back and forth. They were up. They were down. They were up again. And so they did some good things in there. I mean, for starters, they eliminated the most negative of the negative plays. In every game they played, there were times where an offensive lineman stepped the wrong way, blocked the wrong guy, double-teamed the wrong guy, and let someone just run into the backfield and blow up a play. It, it was the most basic of stuff that seemed to just keep eluding them, and all of that went away. Cam Rising had a lot of time. The offensive line did great. I don't know that they'll do that well, but at least they're getting the basics right. At least they got that to build on. So the, the youths definitely took a step forward. But when they're just turning lights out on USC in the second half, i got to think that was USC. But there's something to be said for after after four games of letting defensive linemen, linebackers, occasionally safeties, just go unimpeded into the backfield to blow up a quarterback and or a running back. Uh, you know, it was a step forward. I thought this was the first game. I thought the biggest difference in the quarterback change is that Cam Rising can move around, avoid the rush, extend plays, make some plays with his feet, and give receivers time to get open when everything's breaking down. They just Before he went, they were not getting that. They weren't getting that at all. There was no way to extend plays. They had a quarterback who needed to be in the pocket. In this game, for the first time, the quarterback got to drop back and operate out of the pocket. And, and I know there are some new receivers. I'm, I'm interested to see how this goes. But receivers got open. They got separation and maybe some of the credit needs to go to the line because they had more time to get the separation, but that has been a problem for years, really since the Sugar Bowl, which was 14 years ago. They had multiple receivers get behind. I mean, on the, on the long pass that set up the second touchdown, that's 40-, 40, 45-yard game, whatever it was, you got a guy two yards behind everybody. On the flea flicker, he, Devon Vele's behind everybody, and then he has to wait for the ball a little bit, but he had enough separation, it didn't matter. He still scored. Uh, on the second touchdown. You had a receiver just completely at the corner in the dust and get like three yards of separation, drag the feet. It was, it was great. The youths haven't had that on a regular basis.
1: So, uh, before I let you go, DJ, uh, you guys have Lincoln Kennedy on your show every week, and I admit it today, I I, I never miss Lincoln because he's so great, but I I jumped in mid-interview today, and I, I'm curious if you have any thoughts yourself about the John Gruden situation, please feel free to share them, but I'm curious and, and want to plug that interview and for everybody to go listen, but uh, what did Lincoln have to say? Of course, he's on the radio broadcast for the Raiders, you know, Raider legend and uh, weekly guest on DJ and PK, can't miss radio, but what? Lincoln have to say about uh, the Gruden thing?
2: Well, he said it goes beyond Gruden to Allen, the guy, uh, the former president of Washington. Yeah. Who you know the the, the group? Of, there's a group who go back to Tampa Bay, and then before that, back to Oakland. And Lincoln Kennedy played for him in Oakland, so he knows both guys. And he said that um, the thing I asked the first question when I asked him, you know, you're much closer to this all of this. I'm not even sure I know the right question to ask you. What you think when you heard all this? And he just sounded stunned. He's like, I am still processing it. You know, he had four of the best years of his career with those guys, and he said, I never had a hint of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Never had a hint of it, ever. And so, you know, he said it was just, it was a shock. Um, and I think when people say stuff like that, as much as the words matter the Tone does too, so if you go back and listen to it at 12 com, you know, you can hear it in his voice, and I just found him to be, you know, 100%. You know credible there um you know that you would put that in the digital era that you would put that into an email or text in his case an email you know and send it out into the world never to be recalled just you know incredibly careless um you know if you're as old as lincoln or if you're older than lincoln you know american society has changed and the way people used to talk and used to say things i mean i can remember when i was a little kid my parents told me how things were 20 years earlier and how they changed. I'd be like, things are like that. But now I can tell you, man, the way people talked in the 80s, and I'm like one person. I'm talking the way like mainstream society talked, totally different than now. Mm-hmm. Things change over time. You got to get better. Individuals need to get better. Society needs to get better. You, you know, John Gruden said in his apologies. he didn't mean to hurt anybody. And I'll take that at face value and trust him, but you know sometimes words do. And I think at some point, in some situation, maybe not in the same situation or the same language and the same issues that Gruden hurt people, but at some point, we've all said something that hurt somebody that we didn't mean to. But it did. You know. So how do you get better? I found it really interesting following it today. I've seen Tony Dungy getting blasted because after the first email, he was talking about, you know, forgiveness. And there are people saying he, that's what he always says. That's his go-to. Like, well, maybe that's what he believes. But man, there is a certain amount of people who just never want that, you know? Now, I don't think Tony wanted that after the subsequent emails came out, you know? And I think the other part of the story that has legs is there's a long-running rift in the NFL. The players feel like they get treated one way, staffers get treated another, and then the owners are rarely, if ever, accountable. And because this is all coming out of an investigation into an owner and toxic workplace culture, at what point is Dan Snyder held accountable? Now, Dan Snyder is not a likable guy, and he should not be forced to sell his franchise because he's unlikable. However, there's 650,000 emails, some were leaked, clearly it was selective, clearly the message was to the Raiders, you get Gruden out, I will do it for you. I think that was clearly the message. I agree. But if somebody says, well, who else saw those emails? Who else did they get forwarded to? Who else commented on it? What else do you know? And do any of those names rhyme with Dan Snyder? RSL had an owner forced out. The LA Clippers had an owner forced out. Will the NFL do it if all of this stuff is written down and they're in possession of emails? Those emails weren't leaked. This was linked about Gordon. So I think, you know, we're going to hear, I don't, I don't think we've heard the last of it.
1: Yeah, I don't think so.
2: Either. I don't. Yep. And I don't, I don't know where it goes, but I don't think we've heard the last of it. And I think there'll be plenty of voices in the NFL. Hey, I mean, okay, we know two people had these. They were the only two. And you're sitting on 650,000 emails. Some of these emails are probably really routine. Thousands of them are really routine. But that doesn't mean they all are.
1: Yeah. Hey, do we know who we're getting this weekend on, uh, on Channel 2? I'm assuming we we're getting the Donks and the Raiders in the afternoon, right? Do we know who we're getting in the morning?
2: Um, yes. I think I do. But now i got to recall, it just got switched. I think it's the, um, it was going to be the Chiefs game. Look up who the Chiefs play. Yeah, Where they play Chiefs Washington. Play? Yeah. And, and that got swapped out. I think I saw an email yesterday that that is – and I can't remember if it was a probable or it was a 100%. Um, but for the Charger game, it looks better. The yeah, Chargers, four and one. Chargers, Who are they playing 3-2? Ravens. Ravens. Oh. Yeah. So 4-1 and 4-1. and, four and one. Yeah, that's what yeah. we want. That's yeah, the so one. I think we're getting that. I think we get that in the morning, and then we get the Raiders and the Broncos in the afternoon.
1: Lamar Jackson might have played the first perfect football game last night.
2: <laughs> i was talking with Riley about this today, and he'll be on the show tomorrow, and we'll talk more about it then. The run pass option, I mean, people say it, But I think that the Ravens have taken it to a new level. I was telling Riley when I was watching it, I said it's like they have two pass games. They have one where he drops back and throws the ball like we've seen in the NFL for years and for decades, right? And he had on some deep balls and throwing it really well. I said he also has this, like, he's just flicking the ball on these little short 5 yards completions. I said it's almost like they've tweaked the old uh, wishbone, the old option that Texas or Oklahoma or whoever ran back in the day that Navy and Air Force are still running. But now they're putting everybody downfield, and he's like, "Yeah, it's like run-pass option taking the highest level." He said, tr- "Ryan said they're trying to do things that a lot of coaches try to do." He said, "I tried to do them as a high school offensive coordinator, but the seasons are so short. The kids don't have as much experience. If it doesn't click right away, you go away from it. You go to the familiar of what works because the seasons are so short, and you got to you know you're trying to win." But the NFL is a different deal. They're playing 17 games. Guys start getting three, four, five years deep in their career. They can make it work. And he said, this is the RPO to the highest level. And they are isolating guys, you know, three on two, two on one. And it really is fast break on grass. And you've seen these little slick passes where he just throws the ball five or seven yards. But they got the separation and guys are getting first downs. They getting huge yardage. And it's not the only reason that he completed 80% of his passes for 400 yards and four scores. That's not exactly the numbers, but it's ballpark. Um, But it's a big part of it, and it's putting intense pressure on defenses. And you think about it, they lost one game in crazy circumstances with turnovers playing a big role on the road in the Raiders' first game in a new stadium. I mean, that that was a difficult deal. And they're unbeaten since then, and that was a heck of a comeback. Yeah, the Ravens the ravens are the real deal and they've been a real regular season deal but maybe they got the new wrinkle and the experience now to be the real deal in the playoffs. Kansas City's ruled things but clearly their defense is not not only it's not elite it's not even good it's it's bad. And they'll outscore some teams but I don't know if they'll outscore enough teams to get to the playoffs, you know. They they are definitely at best a work in progress right now. So, Ravens, Chargers, Bills, you know, who emerges out of that group? The Bengals and Browns get rolling. It's a long season, and injuries can still destroy teams. So you can't say anything definitive now. But I think Ravens-Chargers is a must-see game because those two are in the top elite group. And they're not the only ones. Buffalo is certainly in that group also.
1: Looking forward to it. That's going to be a good one. Well, Have you completely disowned the Chargers, by the way, or are you still, you still kind of like them?
2: You know, when your ex leaves you, you've got to move on, dude. So where are you going uh, now? Where's
1: where's where's that? Uh... I just I just I just watch the NFL. I know you're. I like watch the listeners. NFL. I
2: watch the best players. I watch. I mean, they've got a good young quarterback. So and that's you know there's a reason we watch the Packers all the time. Well, we watch the Packers all the time for 30 years because they've always had a great quarterback. You know, if you get great quarterback playing the NFL, you're entertaining. You may or may not win the Super Bowl, but you're entertaining. And especially if that quarterback gets surrounded with talented skilled players. But if you're from San Diego. You can admire an L.A. team. I did when Magic Johnson and the Lakers ruled. I mean, it was impossible not to. <laughs> like, oh, my gosh, they're so good. But they're not your team. L.A. teams are San Diego's teams. They don't – the guys aren't around town. They, you know, they don't play down the street. You don't drive by the stadium and see it. Even when nothing's going on in the offseason, like, that's where your team plays. Yeah, it's just – they're gone.
1: Phil <laughs> I know River.
2: so many people from San Diego up here, and I don't know one person who stayed with them. I don't know
1: one. Didn't Phil Rivers commute for like a year? He did. Yeah, he did. He
2: did. Yeah, he did live in Northern San Diego County, so he was already you know I think he was like thirty minutes north of the practice facility, so he ended up seventy five minutes south of the new one.
1: So, well, DJ, thank you for coming on. We'll uh, we'll be listening tomorrow morning, buddy.
2: All right, I'll talk to you.
1: Thanks. That's our friend David James. You can, uh, of course, hear him with Patrick Kinahan, DJ, and PK every single morning from 6 to 10 right here on the Zone Sports Network. And, of course, uh, DJ does fun work for Channel 2 as well. We'll have wakes takes coming up at the top of the 4 o'clock hour. Craig Bowler, Jacket at 5, Cole Fotheringham at uh, 5.30. Coming up right around the corner, we'll let you hear from uh, Coach Kalani Sitake, his press conference yesterday. Uh, we're going to play Coach Witt's press conference uh, from uh, from today. That's going to be coming up at uh, 4.30. But we're hanging out with the good folks from Smart Rain today. They are in studio with us. In fact, let's talk to our friend Rob from Smart Rain. Rob, what should we get into right now?
3: <laughs> uh, well, I think we should uh, maybe talk about the Raiders uh, probably losing a couple more games. <laughs> <laughs> Most likely now. Lloyd. Is that right? I think they're, they they may be
1: a little bit distracted. Looked bad last week, our Raiders oh, yeah. did, yeah. didn't, they? didn't they, they, Lloyd? Yeah, they did. They yeah. struggled. Who's your team, Rob? Uh,
3: I'm not really that passionate. I was just told to make fun of Lloyd, so I did. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Lloyd, Lloyd is a passionate Raiders fan, although Lloyd's Giants are on the verge of advancing uh, in the Major League playoffs. One more so. game. So Lloyd's pretty – he's go. in a good place right now. Plus, they're beating the Dodgers, which, you know, who doesn't like watching the Dodgers lose? Yeah, I mean, I think we're all fine with that. Yeah,
3: yeah. Uh, well, if you stay local, it makes it easy, so that's what I try to do.
1: Well, I'll tell you what, speaking of local, we've got our issues around here with water, and drought is is a big thing, and you guys at Smart Rain, I love it. You guys are, are doing things a little bit differently, doing it better, helping out, and uh, saving folks money.
3: Yeah, and, and local is where we want to start. I mean, we're a Utah company. We've won Best of State. We've w- won the Utah Green Award. Uh, we're the t- on the Inc. 500 is one of the fastest growing in the state. I mean, being Utah first is what we want to do. So we want to make sure that people know here in Utah, our number one goal is to take care of our people. So that's what we're focused on. That's why we're doing the the guarantees. That's why we offered the free controller on the show here. So cool. Because we want to make sure that the people here are saving water first and foremost. That's definitely our first goal.
1: Well, I, I know all my life I've heard the what Utah is the second driest state in the in the country, and of course, where population is is exploding, people are moving here because it's a great place to live. And water issues, you know, are a thing, and saving water is always going to be a thing. And we're in a specific you know drought era, but this is this is the way we're going, and you guys are leading the way.
3: Yeah, and we got the technology to do it. I mean, when all is said and done, anybody can save water. All you need is the right right tool, and that's what we have. We have the tool that takes into consideration all the things we need to take into consideration, whether it's the moisture in the ground or the moisture in the air, the type of plants that are on the ground. I mean, anything that you can think of that goes into water management goes into our controller to make sure that anybody can save the most amount of water.
1: And you're just giving that controller away for free to zone listeners who are you know, managing properties out there or who could use it. You're just, here you go. That's and right. you want to you want them to use the product because it, it, it will improve their lives and, and you know, you'll have a customer forever.
3: That's right. And, that is the, and we will stand behind it. In fact, we will guarantee if you put in our controller, you will save more money than what you're spending on the annuals.
1: Which is amazing, which makes it a no-brainer, right? Yes. And that's, that's kind of the idea, which is so cool. The, the giveaway is awesome. And backing it up with a lifetime guarantee is no big deal.
3: No big deal at all.
1: <laughs> just like best of state winner, no big deal at all. I like how so, you humbly slid that in there. That's you right. Oh, yeah. Right? See?
3: We got just... a lot of medals.
1: <laughs> <laughs> all right. Here's how you uh, get the ball rolling. You can call 877 346 3333. That's 877 346 3333 or simply go online at smartrain.net. That's smartrain.net. Rob, we appreciate you. Thanks. We'll let you hear from Kalani Talking next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. <laughs>
0: This is DJ and PK. Lincoln Kennedy, Raider Radio Analyst. I'm honestly
4: still trying to process what I found out in the last 48 hours. Yesterday, the rest of the emails that were shared were between Bruce Allen and John Gruden. It's been a little overwhelming. I worked for both of these guys. Bruce Allen was the team president when I was playing at the Raiders, and John Gruden was a coach. Never once did I see an inkling of the information that I got from the emails or heard about over the last couple of days. So this is all surprising to me. In this day and climate, you can't have that. You can't tolerate that so was really surprised last night when the news came down from Mark Davis and the Raiders that they're letting him go, but at the same point, understanding why
0: they had to let him go. Catch DJ and PK mornings from 6 till 10 on 97 5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Don't want a
1: Big Show, Jake Scott with you. Uh, Your Cougars at 30 update this hour is going to be Coach Kalani Satake. We're going to give... Uh, him a listen coming up here momentarily is his um, press conference from yesterday it's brought to you by Marley's Gourmet Sliders whether it's a classic Rickster killer handsome raw pastrami fajita a killer breakfast burrito and don't forget the best shoestring fries out there there's Marley's Gourmet Sliders will satisfy any hunger just off I-15 inside Tipinogas, Harley Davidson uh, let's give Coach Satake a listen we'll do Coach Witt coming up at 4.30 Mason Wake at 4.00 Bowler at 5.00 Cole Fotheringham at 5.30 it's a busy day on the big show let's hear from the BYU New head coach uh,
4: excited about the new week uh, looking forward to the matchup with uh, Baylor uh, a lot of connections with our staff and their staff obviously uh, recently losing um, Jeff Grimes and Eric Mateos to Baylor uh, excited to see them they're guys that we still care about and love um, want to see them have success except for this week but uh, been fun to watch them and their their the program have the success that they're having right now and uh you know, I respect Dave Aranda a lot. Have, I've known him throughout my coaching career, seen him and been in, involved with, with uh, talking ball with him. And um, we've been able to share a lot of ideas and philosophies and, and coaching. And um excited to see him as head coach and excited to see, uh, you know, the matchup that we have with, with uh, an opponent that we're going into this conference. And so uh, I'm looking forward to being out in Waco and seeing their fan base and having a lot of fun obviously we're coming off of, a, uh, off of a loss over the weekend and, um, you know, there's some things that we were looking to improve and get better and the lost things enough that uh, if, we, if we don't learn from it, it's going to be even worse. So, so trying to learn from some of the mistakes and get better and, you um, love what our players energy and the effort that they show us and just got to keep things focused and try to minimize the mistakes and give us a better position to have have wins and and uh, last week was disappointing but we're going to learn from it and get better from it so any questions you guys may have
0: okay we'll start with Jared Lloyd and then Mitch Harper you just touched on this, but I was curious in watching the film and going over the last week's game, what did you feel like uh, you needed to improve on it? Was, was it mental mistakes? Was it, was it technique? What what needs to happen to, to keep that from happening? You
4: know, a, a lot of it. I mean, everywhere, you know, so there's a, um, not to take anything away from Boise state, but we didn't help ourselves much either. So, um, I think the most visible ones are the, the turnovers, but if you're looking at, at assignments and, and uh, technique and the fundamentals of breakdown in that, I mean, that's, that's something that, that, I need to correct as head coach. And, um, you know, our, uh, I thought we've done a pretty good job at most of it. Um, had some, uh, some issues, uh, with technique and then we'll get those fixed. And, and, um, you know, we just need to get our guys back on track, and uh, it's, it's humbling, and, and it's a good opportunity for us to focus a little bit more, and this is good for us to focus completely on this week and uh, get ready for Baylor. That's that's, that's going to be the key, learning from the mistakes and making sure that this, that stuff doesn't happen again.
0: The other thing I was curious about, um, A-Rod mentioned it during the Coordinator's Corner show, but the challenge – of facing grimy because he knows so well what the offense does and what type of play calls you might run and things like that. Talk about uh, dealing with that particular challenge of uh, facing grimy and Eric again
4: well i think the the most important thing is for us to focus on the situation the the, the issues and mistakes that we made uh, as a team and and as position play, uh, groups and as uh, individual players that's going to be the first focus is for us to learn from it the, the second thing is to uh, scout our opponents and know um, what we see on film and, and i've been really uh, impressed with the things i'm seeing from what what grime's done there I and mean, is a good coach and uh, so uh, you know we've, we've been uh, very fortunate to have him here for three years and to have Mattel's here for a couple of years as well so uh, they're going to be great coaches they're just like they're doing already They they have an impact impact on their team already in their program um, just like they did here and so I think they're just we're just familiar with each other they know our 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 personnel um they know our our scheme and but that's just that's college football that that's that happens and um we just got to prepare but i'm really more focused on what we need to do uh as a team focus on our our, our issues first um and then we know that there's some uh, you know we know that they know a little bit about our program and our personnel but that's all right that doesn't really mean anything if we don't fix the problems that happened from last saturday alani
5: um Caleb Christensen isn't listed on the depth chart. Is his injury season ending? No, it's not
4: season ending. It's just a little bit longer to, to come back from. And so if we know that they're out for the week, then they, then they won't be listed that week. So um, we know he won't be ready for this week game, this week's game. And so we're hoping to get him back. I'm hoping next week, but more likely in a couple weeks. So if that's been, I don't know. I'm not a doctor or anything, but that I would like to have him back yesterday. But, you know, we're, 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 uh, working with it and trying to get healthy. And, um, I, I think more than likely part in a couple of weeks would be, be the right timing for him.
5: And one of Baylor's top defensive players is, is Siaki Ika. I remember you and your staff for the first program to offer him back in 2016, when he was a young kid, what did you see in him back then? And maybe the relationships that, that you've had with him and his family over the years?
4: Yeah. Great family. Um, a great young man. I, and it just, we've known him for a long time I've known his family forever you know since i was little so uh and you know he went to lsu and, and um did some really good things there won a championship with them and and looked to transfer and, and i think he really connected with with dave aranda who was a dc there um and so I, I think he's doing some really good things on film he's disruptive he's big he's physical and he can run and and he's a He's a fun kid, man. He's he's a he's a great young man to be around, and then I know he's a, a big part of their their what their their the success they're having on defense. He's a big part of it because it's hard to block him. Uh, so he he's a disruptor at the line of scrimmage, and has a great attitude and a great personality that I, I think he's fitting right right perfectly with with uh, the rest of the players at Baylor.
0: Take will next take questions from Caleb, and then Steven with AP.
3: And then Jay Drew. Hey, coach. You know, you mentioned that this game against Baylor is kind of a a preview of what you're getting into at the Big 12. Um, What have you kind of noticed from film or just interacting with Baylor and other Big 12 schools, uh, particularly in Texas? Like, what makes them unique? Maybe what's a little bit different about going in there?
4: Well, I think, um, I don't don't know. If you're looking at the, the entire conference, their offense their offenses have a lot of success, you know, but I think if you look at what Baylor's doing, they're, they're playing a really good defense as well. So um, they make things really difficult uh, for an offense to have success and to, to make big plays. And then offensively, they're really efficient. Quarterback um, takes care of the football, hasn't thrown an interception all year. Um, and, and then they have a good group of running backs and some great skill players at, at receiver. And then I know their their old line's being coached well because Grimy and Mattels are there. So I know that they're they're gonna do their part and it's a tough team, it's a tough matchup. We're going on the road and and gonna be in, in, in Waco. We're excited for the for the the venue to be there. It's gonna I think our guys are gonna embrace it and have fun with it. A little bit of a weather change too, so um, you know, just looking forward to getting into Texas and playing some football there and, and uh, it's just nice to be in a different region of the country and um Looking forward to the matchup, but but tons of respect for that that team and that program and that university, and really looking forward to our partnership with the Big Twelve uh, in the future, and, and and glad that we get to have a you know like a um, an earlier version of it this week.
2: Coach Caleb asked a little bit about what I was going to ask you. I'm calling from Texas. I mean, this is an unusual uh, mid-October non-conference game for Baylor, and it took on a little more, obviously, with your teams um, coming into the Big 12. Is there anything about maybe a first impression you guys want to make for people in Texas in the Big 12 that may not
4: see BYU play a whole lot, even though you are on the national stage? I don't know. There's if I'm really worried about trying to make an impression. I'm just trying to make sure our guys are playing fundamentally sound football. You know, we, we uh, we're a much better team when we when we can uh, limit our mistakes and um, not shoot our, shoot ourselves in the foot, uh, uh, as some people say it. But um, we're going to come in there. We're excited to play the game. We're really looking forward to the matchup. And uh, you know, I think we we bring a, a, a unique brand of football. And, but uh, you know we're going to have a lot of fun playing with sportsmanship in class and embracing the opportunity to be in there in front of that fan base. And um, we have a lot of friends that are on on the, that coaching staff, so it's 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 going to be a fun fun uh, fun day. And I think for our guys, they're looking forward to the change in, in, in scenery a little bit, and and um, we're we're going to have some fun with it, man. I, I know the be some different food to, to try out too. So I'm always about that. So. Our guys are, are going to embrace every opportunity we can of being out in Texas and being in that 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 culture that Waco provides. Well, there's some good food places in Waco. I found quite a few of them myself over the years. Um, but and I'll just
2: ask this: I mean, because of the, I mean, this is always a good game. You're, you're going to have good games in the schedule. Did this game take on a little more though, because of the personal connections and the Big 12, or do you just kind of have to look at it as this is our next game? We're trying to come off a loss and get back on track
4: professionally you, you want to look at it as the next game. I mean, honestly, that's what you wanna do. You wanna just move on and and then just play the game and, and, and treat it as such. But hard to do when when, when uh when, when you love the individuals that are there that, that you became really close friends and and um, brothers with for us with with, with, with Jeff Crimes with Eric Mateos, we became really close so so I care about them. And I know our coaches, and our players do and so it's gonna be different that way. But Um, We want to win, you know, so I think I know they do, too. We're very competitive. But it's going to be a lot of fun to, to go against people that you really care about, and it's been fun watching them having their success uh, this this season. Uh, we we knew this was on the on the on the uh, schedule, and and more than anything, just looking to to a, a really good time and and being able to share that field with with that coaching staff, the fan base, and being out there and and the, you know future partner in Baylor in the Big Twelve Conference. So uh, just just more than anything, just just really uh, excited about the opportunity to play this game. All right, thanks, coach. Thank you.
3: Lonnie, at the uh, halfway point of the season, you know, season's half over, unbelievably. But uh, what is your level of satisfaction with your program and with your team? Uh, I know it's hard maybe coming off a loss to to keep in mind the whole big picture of things. But what, what's your level of satisfaction with where the program's at right now? <laughs>
4: I'm, I'm really pleased with the talent that we have on our team and the development of our players. We've, we've been really um, tested with our depth because of injury. Uh, it happens uh, this season. It's, 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 you know, more than we were we wanted to be comfortable with, but we knew this was a possibility. And so uh, I'm really, um, I, I, from, from that point of view, Jay, I, I'm, I'm happy with the way our guys are, are performing, how they, they prepare. Um you know, coming off a loss is always difficult, but uh, this is an opportunity for us to learn and get better. And uh, what you don't want to do is have a win when you win a game, um, affect how you prepare the next week. Um, I think, you know, you guys in the media like to talk about that as a, as a the, the letdown or trap game, things like that. And so i thought we've been being able to take advantage of winning games but trying to learn and get better and and improve the next week um and now when you lose games we want to make sure that that doesn't carry over into this feeling of of of, you know feeling sorry for ourselves and things like that we've got to move on and and the best way to move on is to get to work and so our approach after we win games, to get to work, and our approach after we lose games, we get to get, work, get to work. And uh, but I'm really proud of the way our guys come to come to work every day, and their their mindset, and looking forward to, to improving from last week. There's a lot of places that we can definitely learn and, and get better from, and and uh, with, with the way these guys have been all season, uh, I'm I'm really anxious and excited to see how they're going to approach this week, and I have a really good feeling about it.
1: There's BYU head coach Kalani Sitake, his weekly press conference. Coming up next, we have a market update for you. We have Mason Wake at the top 4 o'clock hour. Coach Witt, uh, we're going to hear from him in his press conference at 4.30. Bowler at 5. Cole Fotheringham at 5.30. It is a busy day. We'll have more next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.
0: It's game. And the Zone Sports Network is getting you ready for kickoff. It ain't over till it's over. It's a trip to the Lone Star State for the Cougars as BYU heads to wake up for a massive showdown against Baylor as the Cougars look to knock off a future Big 12 opponent. Catch the Cougar pregame show Saturday at 1230 with the postgame show immediately following the game. From Monday morning to the post-game press conference, nobody brings you better coverage of Cougar football than 97.5, 12.80 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. I'm the son of Rachel, The Jesus of the baby.
1: show. Jake Scott with you, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. I want to remind you about the Utah Snowmobile Show. Come see the latest in sleds, trailers, and gear Friday and Saturday, October 15th and 16th at the Mountain America Expo Center in Sandy. It's time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now anyone can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. Today, the Dow Jones down 117 points. S&P down 10.5. NASDAQ Down 20 points, so there is your market update. We've got Mason Wake going to come up right around the corner. Wake's takes. You're not going to want to miss it. Always a highlight of the week. But uh, hanging out with us in studio, of course, our good friends from Smart Rain and Chase is with us once again. And uh, Chase, I know it's kind of a, a rainy day. It's interesting to uh, to have you in when it's raining out there. But really, we are in the midst of a, a big drought and a little rain. And even a big winter is not going to change that much going forward.
5: Yeah, you know, it's it's you know, like we've said before, it's no mystery. You know, Utah's in a drought. The whole West Coast is in a drought. So whether in you, you're in Utah or not, you know, we still have to prepare for this in the future. And you know. It's okay to to start planning that now, and that's why you know we're helping you know a lot of different properties you know plan their twenty two um, you know budget out and plan for the controller costs you know down the road. You know what I love about this is it's a, a solution to a problem that also benefits
1: the the I guess the people solving the problem if mm-hmm. that makes any sense. I mean, yeah, we all want to save water and we want to do our part. but the beautiful thing about you guys is you're gonna make people's jobs easier. You're going to make it more oh, yeah. efficient, and you're going to save people money.
5: Yeah, there, there's one, I won't say the property, but there's there's a property we did an ROI on uh, just recently. We did a year-over-year kind of analysis, and they saved about 600,000 gallons of water uh, in one month. Wow. And it didn't equate... Per se, um, from a huge cost perspective, they saved about three thousand bucks that month. Uh-huh. But that month alone paid for the cost of the controllers. I right. mean, it's and that's just June, right? And so, which you know, there, there's heavier months down the road. But that's just a, a to put something in perspective and quantify what what it can do.
1: I mean, we've all driven by the <laughs> the apartment complex or the mall or or the church or whatever, where it's pouring rain and those sprinklers are still going, and uh, you know, for absolutely Absolutely no reason. It doesn't make any sense. It's wasting water and wasting money.
5: Yeah, I mean, the technology that's in this is state-of-the-art. I mean, it really thinks for itself. It's weather-based, so it's not just checking the weather like for the day. It's checking it for the hour, and so it's making sure that it's watering when it's supposed to and when it's not, and, and there's programs that really adjust to that. So
1: no more headaches on a rainy day for those <laughs> folks that are running around from property to property, shutting it off. Nope. It, it's so much. It could be done so much better.
5: Yeah, it's all music. mobile. It's on desktop or a tablet or you know your phone, and you can handle it all um, remotely. And I had to double check this. Uh, you
1: know, I had to check and make sure you were well when you offered this earlier. But you're doing a free controller for Zone listeners.
5: Yeah. So right now, um, for the show for today. If you call or, or chat with our guys, um, we're going to give the controller away for free. No limit on the property. And um, with a paid subscription, and then we'll go ahead and set up, you know, install, implementing its plug and play. It's very, very easy process. And we have the Save Now, Pay Later um, initiative, too. So. Which is so cool because you're making it work for folks. I exactly. love it. Exactly.
1: I love it. All right. So here's the number to call 877 346 3333. That's 877 346 3333, or you can visit smartrain.net at smartrain.net. Thanks, Chase. Thank you. All right. Wake Stakes coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.